happy Monday morning and welcome to Daily Devotions. My name is Israel and as always, it is my absolute privilege to encourage you at the beginning of this week. It is a very special day today because we are starting a brand new devotion series um, based on Advent. Now, if you don't know what Advent is, Advent is the new year of the liturgical church calendar. It's the traditional calendar that churches all over the world for hundreds and hundreds of years have followed. And it commemorates various different feasts and helps us sort of work through the Bible. And it all ends and begins with a season called Advent, sometimes also called an Christmas season. So we are very excited here in Cape Town. We celebrated week one of Advent yesterday, the first Sunday of Advent. I'm gonna take these off and I'll keep them on the whole time. But yesterday at church, we celebrated the first Sunday of Advent. So what is Advent? Advent is more than just a fun little calendar that you can open a little door each day to have a little treat leading up to Christmas. Advent comes from a Latin word called Adventus, which means to come or coming. And it deals with how we anticipate the coming of the Lord. Advent is the four Sundays and every day in between but the four main themes of Advent deals with the four Sundays leading up to Christmas Day. And each Sunday has a theme. Week one is hope, week two is peace, week three is joy, and week four is love. And we symbolize these themes each week by the lighting of an Advent candle. So usually traditionally, churches would place a wreath made of evergreen leaves um, in a circle. This is where a Christmas wreath comes from, if you've ever wondered. And you put four candles in the wreath, symbolizing the light of Jesus coming into the world. And every week at church, a Advent candle will be lit. So you'll see that we already have our first candle lit here, symbolizing hope that has come to humanity. Advent is broken into two separate um, sections. The first two weeks, with readings from the Old Testament and the second two weeks with readings from the New Testament. Now with the readings from the Old Testament, we commemorate both the first advent and the second advent. The first advent that we commemorate is how the Old Testament, the prophets, the patriarchs, and everyone living in the Old Testament lived in a great anticipation of a coming Messiah and everything. And that's gonna deal with our reading for today and how they anticipated the coming of the Lord. But there's also a second advent, which we find in the New Testament, where we wait for the coming of the Lord to come into our days today. Now, advent will be followed every day over the next month as we lead up to Christmas with a daily inspiration for you as we journey towards Christmas Day. Now, why is advent important? Advent's important because very often we jump in the season to the absolute joys of Christmas morning where we celebrate the birth of Jesus. But we sometimes miss out on the context of learning to abide in this season of waiting on the Lord. I sometimes get frustrated even with Easter where churches write worship songs for Good Friday, but include the resurrection in it. Now, the resurrection should, should be celebrated. It's the most important fact on which our faith hinges. But I sometimes wish churches would write worship songs that's about Good Friday, that emphasizes the, the magnitude, the importance of Good Friday without jumping to the joy 
of Resurrection Sunday yet. Write separate songs about the resurrection. But I just wish sometimes that we would learn how to abide in that in that moment. The the strength, the severity, the intensity of Good Friday, the emotion connected with this all the great mystery. And actually abide in that without jumping to the joy of Resurrection Sunday. And I think partly why the church has such a difficult time with difficulty itself, or sometimes called the theology of suffering, is because we don't teach people how to abide in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of waiting. We always want to jump to the joy that is set before us. And likewise with Advent here, we look at this anticipation for God during the Advent season without jumping to the joys of Christmas morning. Because while we are here sitting today, anticipating the return of the Lord one day, we also know that we are sitting and waiting for that. The Old Testament hymn, the hymn based on the Old Testament expectation for the Lord is the traditional hymn, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that waits in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. And for the people in the Old Testament, they really waited for a coming Messiah to come and help them. But us too, a lot of our life feels reflective of exile. A lot of our lives feels reflective of just waiting for the Lord to return. And this waiting season can sometimes be likened to a wilderness season. And I think it's a dangerous prayer to pray, to ask, Lord, take me out of this wilderness because there's a lesson to be learned in seasons of dryness. There's a lesson to be learned in wilderness seasons. There's a lesson to be learned in these seasons where we are forced to wait. And if we remove ourselves from these seasons, we might have to re-enter them again to learn the lesson of the wilderness because the Lord is trying to teach us something. So a better prayer to pray is not, Lord, take me out of the wilderness, but perhaps a better prayer is, Lord, lead me through this wilderness. Now, the first Sunday, the first theme for Advent Sunday is the theme with hope. And we all love hope. I think we sometimes romanticize hope very much so. But we forget that hope is fantastic, yes. And we, with hope, anticipate the coming of the Lord. But hope goes hand in hand with waiting. Hope goes hand in hand with waiting. It means that we sometimes need to sit and need to endure with patience. And it means that while we wait with hope, the return of the Lord, there's things we're going through, there's suffering, there's situations of people not getting healed, losing dear, dear ones in our family and friends that we really wish and hoped for they would recover. We sit with broken relationships, broken families, financial need. We sit with all of these things in hope and waiting. And if we just jump to the joy of Christmas morning, we might never learn of how we are to learn to abide. For me, I think about Christmas, my mind always turns to the birth of Jesus and the life he lived afterwards. You see, Jesus wasn't born with immediately launching this incredible ministry on earth. Now, Jesus was born into a life of normality. He was born into a little town, raised in a little town called Nazareth. And Nazareth was sometimes the overlooked town. That's why the New Testament says, can anything good come from Nazareth? It was a poor town. It wasn't a very well-known town. 
Yet Jesus spent 30 years of his life living in Nazareth and only three years in ministry. 10%, 10 times more of Jesus's life was spent living a life of normality, not as the great Messiah, not as the great miracle worker, not as the great rabbi, but simply as a man living as a carpenter. The 30 years of Jesus's life in normality and waiting until the time is right to reveal himself to the world as the Christ wasn't a decorative addition to the three years of Jesus's ministry on earth. It was the majority of his life. And likewise, you might find yourself in a season of Nazareth, a life that feels mundane, a life where you're going through things. Maybe your own situation is reflective of Nazareth itself, overlooked, often forgotten, not very well off with your own situations feeling like that same phrase, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of this life? And while we anticipate the coming of the Lord, I wanna encourage you to learn to abide in Nazareth because Nazareth is the place where we sit in the school of abiding and contemplation. There's a passage in, um, I'm gonna read it to you from Luke chapter two, verse 51. And it says, and he went down with them and he came to Nazareth and was submissive to them as Mary and Joseph. And his mother treasured up all these things in his heart. You see, Nazareth was the place where Mary contemplated the promises of God spoken over her life and the life of her son. And Nazareth was the place where Jesus needed to live out obedience. And perhaps while you're living in this place called Nazareth, in this place, the season in your life called Nazareth, joyfully anticipating with hope the return of the Lord. Perhaps like Jesus, you need to submit in obedience in this season. And perhaps there are some foundational things that you with obedience need to take up again. We all have these things, foundational things that we just seem to neglect, foundational things that we just seem to oftentimes ignore. But perhaps the season of Nazareth is exactly the season where we need to step into a greater obedience to the calling of God, calling us to live to a certain standard, to be the temples of the Holy Spirit. And yes, we are in Advent where we commemorate the first Advent where the Old Testament anticipated the Messiah and how us in the New Testament anticipate the return of the Messiah. There is a third Advent not the advent of the past or the advent of the future, but the advent of now, where even as you're sitting there right now with every situation you're going through in your Nazareth, God is also coming into your now. He wants to invade your situation. And if you would just turn to him and open your hearts up to allow the grace of God to come into your life right now, it's not a future promise reserved for a future time. There is breakthrough through life in the kingdom of God, the righteousness, the peace, and the joy of God through the Holy Spirit in you, wanting to be imparted into you if you would let them. Advent goes hand in hand with the old word Maranatha. Maranatha is an interesting word because it's actually two, a combined two Aramaic words brought together, written in a Greek fashion, in a Greek text. And I actually think the Apostle Paul that that intentionally didn't translate the word Maranatha, but used an Aramaic word in the, just wrote it in a Greek fashion in the New Testament, because Maranatha is a difficult word to translate. The most common translation is, O come, or Lord, O Lord, come. 
But Maranatha can also be translated as our Lord has come. And in Maranatha, we find the tension that we live in now. We pray, come Lord Jesus. But we also know that the Lord has come. And because he has come, he may not be with us in, in a physical presence, but he did send his presence and is wanting to come into us all now. The closing words of our Bible is Revelation chapter 22, verses 20 to 21. And in that we get captured the expectation of Jesus returning to us. He who testifies to these things say, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. That's Revelation 22, verse 20 to 21. Can we pray? Lord Jesus, thank you for the incredible gift of your son, for the incredible gift of your presence, the incredible gift of your grace. And as we are in this Advent season journeying together to the Christmas Day miracle where we celebrate the birth of our Savior, will you teach us the lessons and prepare our hearts to receive moving forward what we need to receive in this Advent season? Remove us not from Nazareth, but guide us through it so we can learn the lessons we need to learn in this season. And Father, more than ever, as this candle that symbolizes hope is lit, will you impart hope into us in the midst of our waiting. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.